This is the Three Bam Podcast. You can do the intro if you want. This is the Three Bam Podcast. Interrupted. Oh, do it again. Sorry. This is three beers and a mic. Estamos haciendo el Tres Bam Podcast. This is Three Bam Podcast. This is Three Bam Podcast. This is the Three Bam Podcast. This is the Three Bam Podcast. Three Bam this is a three band podcast. This is three beers and a mic. Welcome back, everybody, to the three beers and a mic podcast. We are coming at you on the uh, last week of June, two thousand twenty-one. Uh, this week, we're going to be discussing a lot of uh, really cool topics. We've got episodes two and three of Loki. We've got a review of the Fast and the Furious Nine. We have some uh, late night show uh, Conan talk. Uh, one of my favorite uh, talk show hosts who has decided to go on to future endeavors. And we're also going to be talking about the Shang-Chi trailer number two. So lots of really good topics this week. And uh, Adam, unfortunately, could not join us. We miss you, buddy. But uh, we got Bernie. Say what's up, dude. What's up? Dude? And we got we got Dwayne. What's going on, man? What's going on? All right. So as always, please follow us on Cross the Streams Media. Um, there you can find numerous podcasts, mostly in the nerd sort of culture. Uh, we've got Front Row Negative, Charles Bronson podcast. We've got the Movie Gap. Just <laughs> I, I, I know. I know it's, it's called Burt Reynolds, Charles Bronson. The Burt Reynolds, Charles Bronson podcast. I know. I know it has another name. I just like calling it the Charles Bronson podcast. Um and numerous other uh, shows that have joined us on Cross the Streams Media that, uh, like I say, every every other you know every other week, uh, you might find something new that you never thought you'd like to listen to. We got a new so, uh, Bearing and Easy podcast on there about beer and being dead. Yes, so. we do. So it just seems like everyone's wanting to you know uh, join us over there across the streams, and it's it's fantastic. I'm subscribed to every podcast on that uh, media platform, and I listen to them weekly. They're all fantastic. Please give them a listen and uh, show them your support. Uh, there's, also always, one, there's also one called Burn Appetit. That, yes, of uh, course. Just happens to have two people from this show. Of course, <laughs> of course, we play. have Burn yeah. Appetit. Of course, uh, and actually. Yeah, one of the best things on our last episode, which you can listen to now, is Scott White from the Burt Reynolds and Dan Acker. I mean, Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. He kept screwing up the names too, so it, <laughs> it's yes, not just did. us. <laughs> uh, on the on the latest episode of Burn Appetit, uh, you can download it now. Um, they do Arby's, and I've listened to the entire thing, and it's fantastic. So uh, please give it a listen. The food, not so much. Time. Uh, dis, dis, disagree, <laughs> disagree. Um, yeah, it was a great episode. You guys did great. Um, follow us on three beers and a mic on Twitter, three beers and a mic on Facebook, three beers and a mic on Instagram. And, uh, we really appreciate your support. All right, guys, let's get into what we're drinking. Dwayne, what do you have? Well, as we know, the, uh, squelching summers here in Houston. So I've, I've, uh, Converted over to Pilsners lately. Um, drink. I like the St. Arnold's one. I've been drinking a bunch of that. But uh, 
11 and below has a, has one that I haven't tried yet. So it's called little snack. It's a Pilsner 4.5% alcohol, which means I can drink a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> I've had that beer. It's really good. It is. It's, it's really yeah. good, especially with the hot weather, man. It's, it's like perfect. Awesome. That's a great choice. Are you, and, and that's what you're drinking the whole podcast. Yeah, I have multiples. I might Good. have more than three. That's that's perfect. Uh, Bernie, what you got? So first, I have a sacrifice to the god of summer, Mr. Jimmy Buffett. I'm drinking oh, his uh, nice. land shark lager. That's that's wonderful. Is that his? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Jimmy Buffett beer. <clears throat> and then I have a beer for Rami. Rolling Rock Extra Pale. Oh. What is that? No way. Is that a thing? Get yeah. out of here. Rolling Rock Extra Pale. What's the oh, extra Rolling pale? It's just called Extra Pale. Oh, okay. No, fair enough. It's, it's brewed by super white guys from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> awesome. Originally. I, I don't know. I love Rolling Rock. There anymore, that's great. Good for you. <laughs> And then, so I have two of those. All right, that's cool. Um, I I do have a beer in my mix. Uh, I started them off with a whiskey and diet coke, and then I'm gonna move to a Corona Familiar. Got right that right here, and then I'm doing a Bud Light Seltzer Grapefruit. So I'm doing the whole gamut. It's a nice combination. To make you fucking sick later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that's not the best. I know, I know. It's a crazy combo, but I just grabbed whatever was in my fridge, and uh, that's what I'm going with. So, I've actually been drinking a lot of the Corona Familiar uh, versus the Corona or Corona Light, or Corona Extra, or Corona Light. I actually like the taste of this one more. Um, I recently went to Mexico to visit my wife's family, and this is what they drink over there, and um, I really dig it. And so that's uh, I bought a 12 pack and. Let's do it. All right. So um, we've got a lot of topics to talk about this week. Um, let's start off with um, uh, let's start off with something that we usually don't talk about, which is uh, late night talk show TV hosts. Um, this will be uh, this will be something that uh, some of our audience members have watched. I don't know how many people like Conan O'Brien, especially since he moved to TBS. But um, let me ask my my fellow um, uh, cast members here: How many nights a week do you guys actually watch, like Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, um, you know, Stephen Colbert, Conan O'Brien type shows? Uh, Bernie, uh, none. Okay, I zero. You watch catch, them zero. All right. I catch um, most of Conan's stuff on YouTube because he'll post little clips of like parts of interviews or like skits that he does. Um, when I was younger, like me and my brother would in summers when we didn't have school and stuff would stay up every night to watch Conan on his late night show. Every night we would step and watch him. Um, but I, now, I mean, I'm not staying up to watch <laughs> any of them. I don't care, but I watch, I watch clips and stuff of like Conan. Because for you, the late shows started like what, like eleven thirty? Uh, I don't remember. 
Probably. I think That's 11. Thought, right? Because because for us, the late show started 10. They started 1030. Yeah, that's like, right, after the news, right? Yeah, like Jimmy Fallon starts at 10.35. So that means for you, it's 11.35. Yeah. Yeah, so by then, I mean, that's, that's you know, it's almost midnight. So I can understand that that might not be something you watch. Uh, Dwayne, what about you? Is there a late-night show you watch every once in a while, or do you just watch YouTube clips? I just watch clips, too, because I, I don't have cable, so most of them I can't even watch live. Yeah, I don't um, have cable either. Um. And like Bernie, I used to when I was a kid. I used to watch them all: David Letterman, Conan, all that stuff. But I don't know. I just kind of lost interest. I guess there's so much content now that you can find, and you can watch the, the good clips of these shows now that you don't really have to watch them anymore. No, that's fair. It's, it's probably one of the reasons Conan's making the move. Yeah. Yeah. So Conan. Um... Uh, for for our listeners who don't know, is going to be uh, traveling over to HBO Max. He's going to have a weekly show um, on that platform instead of a daily sort of evening show on TBS. He's leaving the late night forums um, after being on TBS for 11 years. I didn't know it was that long. I forget that he left, uh, you know, the NBC platform in 2009, I think is what it was. Um, so when that whole debacle happened, which I think most of us really know uh you know nbc promised conan a slot in the uh uh tonight show um you know when jay leno decided to leave what ended up happening was that um that only lasted about eight months and then jay leno came back and took back his old time slot and got back the tonight show and conan was left you know hanging out to dry they gave leno a show before yeah, like a, they gave him like a nine thirty time slot, so he was actually they wanted, they wanted yeah. to push the Tonight Show back an hour to give Leno a time slot, and Conan said no. The Tonight Show no. has been at this time for you know forever. Yeah, I'm I'm not doing that. No, absolutely yeah. not. So he ended up getting bought out of his contract because he did have a contract with NBC to host the Tonight Show at a particular slot. And so when he settled out of court with them, I think he got like forty-five million dollars. And but one of the stipulations more than that. I think he got. I think he got way more than that. But but one of the stipulations after the settlement happened was that he could not be on any sort of television show for like a year, right? Mm -hmm. It was like it was. uh, I think it was a year. Um, So he took a hiatus um, and got away from late night shows. Got his money. And then signed on with TBS for what was 11 years. And um, the reason we're bringing him up, which is something we usually don't talk about, is that for whatever reason, um, Conan was always my favorite late night host. Um, he does stuff with video games. He does stuff with movie nerds. He does, you know, really like uh, out of the realm skits that use like like the um, the uh, Triumph, the insult comic dog, I think, is one of his most famous you know, um, uh, mascots from his show. Um, Did that know, come out of him or Letterman? I thought that came out of Letterman. Triumph? That was, was, that was Conan. That was a was Conan it? thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he just, for, for me, he was always kind of like my late night TV show host. He was the guy that I always gravitated towards. He was the one I watched YouTube clips of. I followed on social media. He was always at Comic-Con, right? 
Um, there's Funko Pops made of him. Um, and he just, he kind of was like the people's talk show host. And the fact that he has decided to retire from the late night scene, um, especially with his last episode, I definitely wanted to pay attention. And um, his last um, guest that he had on his podcast was Jack Black, which I thought was an awesome choice. Um, but I know that some of our panel here might not have thought so. So did, did you guys watch the last episode? How Did, did anyone here watch it? No. I watched it. I watched it uh, live that night. Yeah. So um, what did you think? What did you think? It was good. It was about what you would expect from like a send off show. It's it's hard because it's not like he's leaving television. No, he's just he's going not. to do a, a thing on another channel. Yeah. Eventually, like they never said when it's going to start. But so it's hard to get like too sad about it. You know what I mean? So they're just kind of showing highlights of his 11 years. And then he decided to have the worst guest of all time beyond the last episode. I don't but, know why you hate Jack Black so much. Like, you, he's not I don't funny. Know, he is funny. He's not. Ooh, I'm fat. Look at me with my belly in my underwear. Ooh, ha ha ha. So funny. <laughs> Are you talking about the videos he posts on TikTok? That's when he's yeah. in his underwear and his belly. He posts all that's that all stuff on TikTok. Yeah, he's he's quarantined. That's what he's been doing. Yeah, he's been shooting a bunch of videos at his house in his bathing suit, um, belly fully exposed. Pretty well edited too. Yeah, I think they're great. Like, there's one where he pretends like he's Thor and he's riding on like a little moped and just you know rolling around in the grass with a hammer and even the lightning effects I thought were pretty impressive. So. Uh, you're right. Shallow How was so funny. I like Shallow How. He's not funny. He I mean, funny. School of Rock is great. Did you not like that movie? No. The Pick you of Destiny? A worse claptrap than Jack Black oh, for man. Borderlands. Yeah, you were very disappointed that they chose him for that it's character. Yeah. the exact opposite of claptrap yeah. character. I don't like Kevin Hart, who's also in Borderlands, is a claptrap style humor. Why they didn't make him claptrap and Jack Black another character, I have no idea. Doesn't make Fair. any sense. I'll still yeah. see it though. Of course you will. So will I. <laughs> um, well, I I liked the last episode. I thought it was a good send off. Um, I liked you know kind of the fourteen to fifteen minutes he got towards the end of the show where he got to kind of just reflect on his career. Um, he kind of talked about how people came into his life and told him that moving to TBS might not be the best move, um, but he just for him uh, that network gave him creative freedom. Um, they let him do whatever he wanted, and they never put restrictions on him, and that was something that he you know, was looking for. So, um, you know, he's moving on to greener pastures at HBO max. He's going to be doing some type of weekly show that we really don't know what it's about yet. Uh, I wonder, uh, if this is, a uh, part of his decision was because of the podcast that he does. Yeah. His, because he's like the he, it, could, it could be. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, and he seems to like it a lot. Plus he, he only has to do one a week. Right. So he's like, why am, why am I doing a show every night when I can do one a week? <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, that's that's totally legit. Yeah, absolutely. His podcast is like one of the most downloaded podcasts, too. The amount of money he's probably making off ads and stuff for that is... Yeah. He doesn't need this TBS show to do four days a week. 
and all the Absolutely. headache that comes with writers' rooms and all that shit. Yeah, he's Sorry. He's well enough in his career not to, to have to worry about that shit anymore. No, absolutely. Um, no, I agree. And, uh, you know, we're like I said, we all admitted that we don't really watch his show every single day. Um, but we thought that it was important enough to at least watch the last episode because he's kind of like the, the people's late night guy. Right. He just re- he's very relatable to folks like us. Um, and he was always the one that I gravitated towards. I, I very rarely watch Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel or, um, uh, who's the guy who does the, the carpool karaoke, James Corden, James. Yeah. I don't, I don't watch him. Um, every once in a while I watch Stephen Colbert, you know, so, um, you know, good, good, I, I wish Conan good luck. I'm going to, I'm going to give his show a new, I'm going to give his show a try. When it starts streaming on HBO Max, I'll definitely watch it. And uh, you know, I did watch the uh, the one that I think it was the night before the where Paul Rudd came on. I watched that clip. Oh, that was fantastic! <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Yeah, because Classic. I mean, you know, he's going to bring out the Mac and Me clip. Like that's 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 infamous with the Conan mm-hmm. O'Brien show. <laughs> but he uh, doubled down on it this time. Oh, it was great. <laughs> he, he always doubles down on it. He's always like, "No, yeah. I'm just kidding." Even when he was doing Ant Man, he's like, "No, yeah. seriously, I have to show it because Marvel will kill me." And then it's just another Mac and Me <laughs> clip. <laughs> yeah. And you guys know when that started, right? It was during late night. It was. He's been doing it for yeah. Well, years. he he went on the Conan O'Brien show because if you if you don't remember, he told he, the story. He, yeah, he was on the final season of Friends, and back in two thousand six, uh-huh. yeah. when he was Phoebe's husband, he came on the Conan O'Brien show and he told him, "Hey, you know, I actually have a clip from the final episode of Friends. Do you guys want to see a little piece?" And Conan O'Brien was like, "Yeah, sure, let's show it." And that's when he started playing the Mac and Me clip. Was that day? Was when he was teasing the audience about the final episode of Friends. And ever since then, when he did Anchorman, Anchorman Two, Ant Man, whenever he came on the show, it would just be clips of the same Mac and Me skit. And so uh, that was when it all started. Was when he was on Friends. Um, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna you know definitely. Um, Follow Conan in his new endeavor on HBO Max. Hopefully, he still does the Comic Con stuff because that's re- what I really enjoy. And um, you know, I want him to do his travel stuff goes. too. Oh, the travel stuff is great. Oh yeah, yeah for without sure. borders, Conan without borders. Oh, that stuff is awesome. Yeah, I think he will. I think he'll do that Comic Con, that kind of stuff. Sure. All right, so let's move on to a trailer that was recently released. Um, we have the new Shang-Chi trailer, which came out a few days ago. And um, we don't have to like break it down piece by piece, but there was a couple things that I wanted to mention uh, from watching the trailer. First of all, have you guys all seen it? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, did it make you more hyped or less hyped for the movie? Uh, about the same. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. About the same. The trailer was more serious than the first one. That's what I was actually going to mention was my next point is that I really like that. They, they, okay. First of all, it's called Shang-Chi and the 10 rings, right? Right. I, from what it looks like for me in the trailer, these rings are more like bracelets, right? 
Yeah. They seem to be sort of this. this it's more thing. in the kung fu realm, though. If you think of like classic kung fu movies when they're using weapons and shit like that, that's what it is. You know what I mean? I think that's a fantastic idea. That immediately jumped out to me. I'm like, wow, I like, I like that. So, um, again, still don't know. Uh, uh, well, they're not really spoiling much. Bad guy, a little his bit. Dad, his dad is the bad. It, it seems like his dad is Mandarin. Right, I think we can all agree to that. Is what it looks like. I think he he is Mandarin. He is Mandarin, yeah. And so the fact that they took these rings and they made them more like sort of bracelet type weapons is very good. I I that was my favorite part of the trailer. Is this that man? Mandarin's in the movie, like it's in IMDb. Like you can look up the guy playing Mandarin. Mandarin is in the movie, dad, and it, it he's in the but movie. it it looks like it's his it's his dad, right? I'm I'm, I'm assuming yeah. so because he was talking to him about controlling the rings and he seemed like the head of a crime organization or something now that's what it looked like to if me only we, we could, could be, google it we could, <laughs> we could be completely thrown off the scent and they could be tricking us which you know marvel likes to do but from from my perspective it looks like that shang chi's father is the mandarin and that the rings are more like a bracelet type weaponized system which i thought was really cool um, but the thing that most people are talking about from this trailer is the very end when you see some sort of cage fight, sort of street fight um, scene that takes place, which looks like a creature that is very resemblant of the abomination. It totally is abomination. So when you guys saw that, <laughs> did you immediately think, oh, that's the abomination? Yes. Yes. Okay. So did I. So the fact that they're going back to the Hulk horrible movie from 2008 and bringing in a character however they're doing that in this movie um, I thought was really smart. I thought well, that was great. You know Abomination's uh, listed to be in She-Hulk too. I did not know that. You know She-Hulk's supposed to be a comedy too? Really? How do you know yeah. that? I saw it on something the internet. No, no, but how does Bernie know that She-Hulk's supposed to be a comedy? Where did you read that? I don't know the exact website somewhere. Else. <laughs> I because I, I haven't seen that anywhere, so I'm just wondering. I mean, if that's true, I believe you. I was just wondering where did you had you had that's read what that. I read. I think uh, like probably Reddit Marvel Studios or something. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people are saying that that's that's Wong uh, turning himself into the Abomination as an intimidation factor um, because it, it looks like. <laughs> Like uh, someone is like casting a spell on themselves to turn them into a scary monster. Um, so they're not really sure how Abomination is in this universe. What are the factors that have presented this? But it still was really cool to see. Um, I thought that was awesome. Um, and and it, correct me if I'm wrong. The dragon that was underwater was Fin Fang Foom, right? No, nope. nah, the director said it wasn't. Oh, has someone come out and said that that was not Fin Fang Foom? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, crap. I didn't. I didn't read that. I. I just. I just assumed that was him. Um, but okay, apparently it's not. Uh, I. I thought the trailer was great. I actually liked this trailer better than the first one because the comedic aspects were taken out and it was a lot more serious. Seeing Abomination was really awesome. Seeing how the Ten Rings are going to be used was really cool. Getting a little bit more perspective on Mandarin, I thought was great. 
So I'm all in, man. I'm ready for this film in September. I'm super stoked. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right. All right. So uh, finishing up with trailers, um, some of us on this podcast actually got to experience real life trailers in a movie theater recently. Um, Fast 9 came out. I don't know what the official title is, just to be honest. I have no clue. All these what? movies are titled something differently. Were there just, any good trailers? Uh, they. I saw there's, the Black There's Widow an M. Night trailer. Shyamalan. There's an M. Night Shyamalan movie that looks kind of cool. Uh, that was the one where the people are turning old on an island, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like some people go into a cave and they come back like 15 years later, like yeah, age that, 15 years. That actually looked pretty interesting. Um... But yeah, we got to go see uh, Fast 9 in the theater, which was a really cool experience. This is a big summer blockbuster that was released um, this past weekend that made about 70 million bucks, which to me was actually a pretty good amount. I, I know that some of my colleagues might say that a Fast and Furious movie is a definite $100, 120000000 million debut on a weekend. However... When I saw the numbers come out at 70 million, I thought that was all right. You know, uh, people are slowly getting back into the theaters. Um, you know, um, uh, they're open now. A lot of them at full capacity. And when I saw those numbers come out, I'm like, meh, that's not terrible. Um, so, Bernie, uh, let's talk about your theater experience for Fast 9. You went on a Thursday, right? Yeah, I went on Thursday at 8 p.m. And there was probably four other people in the movie theater with me. Wow. I got my seat in row three wow. away from everyone because nobody sits up front with me. And that's why I sit up front. Uh, pro tip for all you moviegoers out there. Sit up front. Who gives a shit? Um, yeah, but you're in a theater that like you can recline though, right? Yeah, of course. I think I'm going <laughs> to sit in a theater with... Old school chairs. Well, if you so. if you don't have the recline, the, that third row is not so good. I still do it. There's the movie theater closest to me doesn't have the recliners, and I still pick row two for those. Um, just because I don't want to sit, I don't want to hear some like dude breathing next to me. Like I don't want people kicking the back of my seat. Like people are fucking animals. I don't want you anywhere near me. That's what I'm saying. Just watch it at home. You don't have to deal with that shit. <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> but yeah, there was a uh, four people in the theater with me watching. I had the exact opposite experience. Uh my theater was like 85% full on a Saturday night showing at 10:30. Um the the snack lines were 55 people deep. Uh the bar area was completely full. There were no chairs to sit in. Um, and it just seemed like people really wanted to go to the movies. So, um, you know, we kind of had our thoughts on how much money this movie would make beforehand. And, um, when I walked into the theater Saturday night, it looked like a normal movie theater experience, which was kind of cool to see because I hadn't seen that in a long time. And, um, you know, it was kind of, you know, it was, it was, you know, really cool to be back in the theater. Um, so, Dwayne, you have not watched this film, is that correct? I have not, but you can spoil it. It's all good. Okay. I was going to say, are you are you cool with spoilers? <laughs> yeah. Because Bernie and I have refrained from talking about this film. 
but I think we should get into it a little bit. We're not going to go beat by beat. I know Bernie has some notes, so I'll let him start, and I'll just kind of add in my, uh, you know, uh, uh, talking points as well. So uh, go ahead, dude. Let's do it. All right. So again, spoiler warning to those who have not seen F9. I think that's what they call it, just F9. Is that the title? I'm pretty sure that's the title, F9. Um, this is your warning. We will be talking spoilers here. And let's get started. This movie is a fucking parody of of not only the Fast and Furious movies, of movies itself. Uh, this movie is complete and utter dog shit. It's... <laughs> yeah. I think it's the worst. I think it's the worst Fast and Furious movie. 100%. I, it's really hard for me to get past Fast and Furious 2. Um, we were, we were, uh, Dwayne and I were guest hosts on, um, uh, sip the sauce podcast a few weeks ago. And, uh, we, we broke down kind of the entire fast and furious franchise and too fast, too furious to me is the worst one, but this is close. I, I agree with you, man. Go ahead. The, the argument people make is like, Oh, it's an action movie. Just turn your brain off and have fun, Ugh. which, which is fine. That's why I enjoyed Hobbs and Shaw. That's why I enjoyed F7 and F5 and F6 and those movies. This movie crossed a bridge where it went from no longer being just like a dumb action movie, turn your brain off and enjoy it, to it's just it's just beyond fucking stupid. It's beyond stupid. It's not even fun. The mm-hmm. writing is lazy. The action mm-hmm. is lazy. Mm-hmm. There's barely any car scenes in this movie. There's like yeah. two big car set pieces, and that's it for the movie. Um, and just like dumb, just dumb, lazy stuff throughout. Like the movie opens up, and Dom is raising Paul Walker's kid with Michelle Rodriguez in the middle of nowhere. All right, no one knows where they are. Random field with like they live in like a house with like a little barn next to them. Whatever. Um. Car pulls up, and it's Ludacris, Tyrese, and someone else. Uh, the uh, English, the English hacker girl, right? Yes, correct. <clears throat> and they tell them that they have this job to do, or whatever. Correct. There's Mich- always a Mich- job. Michelle <laughs> Rodriguez. They said, "All right, well, we have a plane going at the airport, whatever airport. If you want to come, come." Yep. They leave. Michelle Rodriguez that night. Takes off on a motorcycle. She's gone. All right. So Vin Diesel is left watching this kid. Yes. All right. Who's now like his son, right? Correct. He just like stares out the door as the kid's sleeping. (laughs) And then it shows him in a car at the runway ready to get on this plane like at sunrise. Yeah. They have no friends or family. They're in the middle of nowhere. He abandons this child at his house <laughs> to yeah. go on this mission. It's insane. I and said they that don't to my pay brother. any said, mind to it. I said, who's watching the kid? I was like, Kevin, yeah. who's watching the kid? He goes, I don't know. That's exactly like, what we, we had that discussion door. during the He's looking the out movie. the door, and you assume it's like midnight or something. And then by 5 in the morning, he's at the runway, ready to go on a mission Awful. for a month terrible and it's like well yeah who the fuck is watching the kid um they keep flashing back throughout the movie of um 
their childhood. I say childhood in quotation marks because the person playing Dom's younger self is like fucking 25 years old. He looks nothing like him. <laughs> looks nothing on, like Bernie. him. Dude, John Do- Cena's John younger John Cena is probably like 21 years old, right? Yeah, th- those characters like I don't know how hard this is to do, but the young Dom and young John Cena there is no way those two characters grow up to look like the characters we see today. They well, have my point nothing in common. The Dom guy is literally probably seven inches taller than John Cena. Absolutely. Younger self. Yep. These guys are like 25 and 21. Like, oh. they're done growing. Like, these are <laughs> fucking men. These aren't children. Agreed. And then you see today, and then John Cena's bigger, taller than Vin Diesel. Oh my God. It's just like, what the fuck is happening? It's like it's just like a dumb thing that like you couldn't pick a younger actor like because at that point they're saying you know this guy doesn't even resemble John Cena who gives a shit you know what I mean so why not pick someone who's taller than the guy who you have playing Dom because in real life John Cena is taller than Finn yeah Diesel. he is um Tyrese's character in the movie is just a fucking clown now all he, all he's just there for comic relief. And they try to allude, like, you're probably going to say this, but his character throughout the movie tries to make fun of the fact that none of the characters in the film ever die. Like, they never get, get injured. There's they never no get hurt. Yeah, yeah they ne- they're always... Yeah, did uh, Dom blow up in a car and come out with a little scratch on his head? Yeah. Well, th- that's, what, that's, that's what... what Tyrese's character is. He's like, <laughs> yeah. you notice no one ever gets hurt? Yeah, he's like, no one ever like, dies. It's like in... a meta yeah. joke. But they yeah, do like it like... Seven times he mentions it throughout the movie. It's because not like it, a funny like one-off, like, oh, why not everyone get hurt? <laughs> no, he constantly keeps bringing it up. It's awful. It's it's not even... I mean, it's, it's like the writers in the writing room were reading internet memes about how the Fast and Furious franchise has turned into a superhero franchise and no one ever dies, and they thought it would be funny to put it in the movie. It's not funny. It makes it worse. There's There's no real plot this movie either it's just i don't a even movie know what the plot flash is. it's a movie of flashbacks what are the spheres bernie explain to me the the, the two circle things that are supposed to be put together what there's is that two, thing that's family there's two <laughs> sure there's two spheres <laughs> and a key that you need for this, what this uploaded to the satellites above give you control of all computers in the world all right oh sure it's so that uh, one of the sphere. God virus or whatever it was from the last movie. God, God's eye. God's eye. Yeah. Yeah. So you need two halves of sphere, but it's then actually you need two eyes though. It's two eyes instead of one. So the the you find out that the key oh is God. actually a person. All right. Yes. So the way that they bring Han back into this is they say he was a spy. So in his, he didn't die in his car wreck. He just like teleported out of the car wreck, like around the corner to talk to Kurt Russell or something. As it blew up, they never yeah. showed him get out of the car. It's no. just like it blew up, and he's like standing like around. They the didn't corner. show somebody like drag him out or something. At least no, no, no they did. They literally, he just Wouldn't was that not make in the sense? car. Like little bow wows there, and like yes. pulls him out, and you just can't yes. see because it's on the other side of the car. Yes. They don't. Yeah. No, if they show the car get like wedged or whatever. It blows up, and then he's just fucking like two blocks down the street, just like watching it happen. That was their explanation of how he it got was out. Insane, like, but he's what, what? so pointless to this plot. Like, his job is to like find this girl who's like the key, 
but God. like it's like it's like Indiana Jones. <laughs> like he's like so pointless to the plot of the movie. Like everything would happen with or without Han. Like he does not need to be in this movie. He's not important in the plot. He doesn't need to be in it. It's pointless other than fanfare to bring back Han. And um, and they already He's not even back... in it that much. He's in it no, like for like ten minutes. They already brought back Han. Like when he died in Tokyo Drift, him coming back in Fast and Furious four, five, and six was a really cool treat because those movies were prequels. So, all right, we get to see Han. That's wonderful. Shows up. Jason Statham ends up being the one who crashed into him and killed him in Tokyo Drift. What a really cool sort of thing that happened, bringing it all together. You did not need to bring him back. It was stupid. Yeah. Um, like, Ludacris was like a computer nerd, like a real wimpy guy. And now Everyone he's like knows 007. How to hack Dude, Bernie, everybody knows how to hack computers in this movie. <laughs> he's like 007 now, too, where he like has Everyone. all this fight training where he's beating up like army dudes. Like, oh my God. like lifetime like paramilitary guys. Like Ludacris is just destroying. Vin Diesel is such a c-word, like in real life, his ego. Where in these movies, he can't look bad in these movies. And The Rock has said it: like The Rock would not film a scene with Vin Diesel when they were making these movies. That's a because famous they, they just don't get along. Yeah, because they don't they get along. They just don't get along. Vin Diesel yeah. has to be alpha dog here, and The Rock's like, you know, I'm bringing in. The viewers, your franchise was dead before The Rock revived it in F five. Yeah, but Fan, Fast and Furious five is the best one, and so he, he brought that franchise dog. back to life. Hundred percent. So like he gets tackled by like ten guys, all right, to hold him down in some scene towards the end, and then he just like overpowers like twenty paramilitary like giant dudes, just because you know Vin Diesel probably looked at the script and said, "I don't do anything cool. Let me do something cool." It's just like that was awful. It's lazy. The whole movie is just lazy. It's all CGI. The car scenes are CGI. There's no actual like car scenes. Really? And of, I mean, that's what yeah. made them cool. No, like there's two major car set pieces in the whole movie. Two. That's it. The problem that I have, oh. and and I and I, I mentioned this on the the podcast, like I said, that Dwayne and I were on, is that eventually at some point, these cars started acting like mattresses. Like, these human beings in tank tops and T-shirts and shorts are smashing into vehicles at high rates of speed, and the yeah. cars are, like, caressing them like They catch people mattresses. from midair at least ten times. Like a movie. baseball glove. With the, with the hood oh, they, yeah, of a car. They, they uh, you, ten times the uh, last movie? You are dead. <laughs> you are dead at 95 miles an hour smashing into a car's windshield. You cannot be caressed and 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 caught by a a car that does not that that is not f- physically possible. And so many people's bodies were just ramming themselves into vehicles, and there was no injury, no blood, no one's hurt. It just is not. It's not believable. What is this? Uh, is this a PG thirteen movie or R? Yeah, it is PG thirteen. They go to space. Well, Ludacris oh and Tyrese God, go, to, go space. to space. Right. I told you they were going to space. Because oh they, 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 they have to space. take down this satellite before the two <laughs> spheres are uploaded. And to they, this they just happen to know how to fly a rocket ship? Dude, it's uploaded to one satellite. Dwayne, the rocket ship is a car. <laughs> it's, a, it's a car rocket. So the people with who 
who made the sphere only for some reason have one satellite that they're allowed to upload it to. You wouldn't have like a couple in case, you know, something happened. Just one. So the plan is to use magnets to like disrupt Erase the, it. Uh, oh, the equipment in the satellite, yeah. but it doesn't work because they they're in space. All right. Because they're like dial is like frozen or whatever being up in space. They're not, <laughs> they're not even really wearing spacesuits. I don't think. But anyway. no. So their backup plan is just to fucking just crash into it. Just like just plow right through it, explode it, and then you're fine. But like why wouldn't that be plan A? <laughs> like why wouldn't their plan just send just, a like, missile? Just fucking like just run your car through it if you're gonna like It's so bad and so <laughs> stupid. Like I said, it crossed the bridge from being like a Can't movie be- that's like stupid but like it's fun you know what i mean this movie's not fun at all like the action's not fun the the writing's not fun the story's not fun there's nothing fun about this movie it's just just bad all across the board i wonder if that's why uh statham's not in it maybe he looked at the script was like fuck no i ain't doing this well he's in the after credit scene He's he is in beating the movie. up a guy in a punching bag. He has a guy in a punching bag that he's punching at the end of the movie. And then someone knocks on his door and it's Han. And then that's how the movie ends. <laughs> it's just, it's the worst. First of all, I well, think I wonder what uh, Fast 10 is going to be about. <laughs> They're going to uh, fight time, dinosaurs. Time travel. Time yes, travel. Exactly. That's what it's going to be about. It's going to be about time travel. Uh, dinosaurs first of all, will be in F10. First of all, uh, Charlize, I think most people who have listened to this podcast have heard me say that Charlize Theron is my favorite actress. I love her. She's fantastic. Uh, if she, not, you said it a hundred times on Sip the Sauce. So. First of all, she is terrible in this film, and I was hoping that she would redeem herself. And second, her haircut is the worst haircut I've ever seen in life. She I, is so pointless to this fucking movie, too. She's in this glass cage. It's all right, awful. Man? This prison where John Cena is working for like a rich guy to find this fucking sphere thing. And they're using her for some reason. So they keep her in this cage thing. And then all her entire role in the movie is to piss off John Cena by like saying, oh, you're in the shadow of your brother. You know, try to like dig (laughs) it, like make some tick and the rich guy. That's all she does. That's it. But like she's in this cage for what you can assume is like weeks. All right. No toilet in there, nothing. Nope. Just a glass, like like you completely see through. Like she would be, like you would be watching her poop, basically. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Within this week, sure. and it's not like they let her out for that kind of stuff, you know. But uh, yeah, uh, she's so fucking useless to this movie. Even Han, Han being in this movie makes no sense. He's not needed. He does nothing other than find this girl. But even then, like, he doesn't have to find, like, he that doesn't have to be Han, you know what I mean? Like, it's inconsequential for it to be him. You can have Kurt Russell find him, because Kurt Russell's in this movie for three minutes. And he's the spy leader guy. So Kurt Russell can find him, find the girl, bring them to Dom or whatever, and you have the same fucking movie. Han is so inconsequential so, to so the this, plot. So this movie basically brought back everybody plus Cena. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty who's, much. Who's, Except for Cena, who's Vin Diesel's like secret brother that nobody knew about. <laughs> yeah, for nine movies, now all of a sudden you have a brother 
no one ever knew existed. Like, oh, you know, from I'm, from the guy who talks about family, they he never mentioned this guy, right? No, never did. <laughs> so, real quickly, John Cena and um, Vin Diesel are feuding, are like hate each other because when they were twenty five and twenty one or whatever. His dad used to race like stock cars, like NASCAR type shit. Yes. And his dad was throwing a race. All right. Yes. And Dom didn't know this, but he had, he told John, he gave John Cena, you know, a hint to like cut something under the hood to allow him to throw this race. And so he did. But then a guy he was racing like crashed him on purpose. And whatever he cut caused the explosion that made this car jump like 50 feet straight <laughs> up in the air. Like it had springs on the bottom of them. It just went <laughs> and blew up. Um, so Dom thought that John Cena killed his dad on purpose for, <laughs> for no reason. Like he didn't say you did it for money or anything. He just said you killed our dad on purpose with no motivation behind it. Exactly. So he basically like exiled John Cena. Well, they had a street race first. And then if John Cena <laughs> lost, he was exiled. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that was uh, important, but that's what happened. And so he said, I never want to see you again. Get out of here. And that's what John Cena did. He got out of there and he joined some paramilitary bullshit. But that's what he was. And then Dom finds out that his dad was actually throwing the race for money to pay bills. And John Cena uh, cut him. the hose or whatever. Yeah, because Dom wouldn't allow it because Dom is so pure and good. It's just like fuck off movie. What do you mean? He you was stealing DVDs. He was stealing DVDs exactly. in the first movie. <laughs> exactly, Dwayne. Exactly. I know it's a bad movie when Bernie describes it and I get physically angry. Like I was I was angry during this film. I kept talking to my brother the entire time, like, dude. Like what am I watching? Why are they in space? Who's watching Dom's kid? Why are they abandoning this child? Uh, why is everyone being? Uh, uh, By the way, uh, do they ever come back to the kid? At the well, very yeah, end, at movie, the yeah. end of the film, they have a barbecue. They have a barbecue. His family. Yeah, they ask him. The, Were they drinking Dom, Coronas? Dom yeah, or Budweiser? This yes, uh, it's Coronas. Yeah, no, it's Coronas. Yeah. Dom goes Coronas. into the kid's room and says, "Let's go say grace because they have to, you know, say their prayers." And then uh, what what it's alluded to at the end of the movie is that Brian, who's Paul Walker's character drives up to the house to come and rejoin the crew so first of all i don't know why you would leave the movie on that type of cliffhanger because that guy is not alive anymore like are, are you just like trying to show that that character is still involved or do you think that they're actually like going to try to bring him back no he's his brother they're not going to bring be... him back in Fast and Furious 10, right? No, it's going to be Jason Statham driving his car, and they'll be like, what'd you do with Brian or some Okay, so it's going to be someone else driving <laughs> Brian's car. Okay, that's yeah. fair. So what did, what did Little Bow Wow do? Wasn't he in this movie? They were like, uh, uh, they were kind of like They invented nerds. the rocket. Yeah, he invented uh. the rocket, yeah. They invented the rocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. <laughs> I wish I was kidding, but... Yeah, he was I, I have to say, uh, after listening to this, I'm glad I did not watch it. It is <laughs> it was... uh, 2 out of 10. Yeah, that's exactly what I give it, a 2 out of 10. 2 out of 10. It is, it's yeah, fucking terrible. It, I think it's the worst Fast and Furious, by far. It's not, but it's close. Like I said, it, it's a toss-up for me. Too Fast, Too Furious, and Fast 9 are like just 
it's really tough. And I don't really even tough. like these movies. I hate all these movies. I don't enjoy them. And but I still think like Fast Five. I'd still give like an eight because it's yeah. a fun action, dumb it's a action great movie. Film. Fast Five is a fantastic movie. It's the best one. Yeah, and this this like I said, cross the bridge into just being plain but stupid. It's, it's kind of even. Did you watch Hobbs and Shaw? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, saw that in theaters too. I mean, it was just a fun movie. Like I wasn't expecting it to be like this, you know, cinematic masterpiece. But it was fun to watch. It's the number one argument you'll hear for this movie is, "Joe, it's not supposed to be like Oscar worthy." <laughs> Fine, I get it. Other yeah. movies, other movies in the franchise are like it. This crosses. The no, bridge. that's what I'm saying. If if it doesn't even have the fun factor in it, then no. you got no, nothing. I, it's so hard to explain how not fun this movie is. I didn't laugh when you at have all. all this wacky shit going on, like, like in the trailer, Dom that bridge falls off, and like he like hooks the, the oh piece of rope God, on the bridge to like the thing catapult. On a the plane car. comes and picks up a car as it's jumping off the cliff. Like you were like, oh, that <laughs> looks that looks like a fun action. It's not. It's not fun at all. It's not. It's not. It all it's looks cool in a trailer, but it's. Not at all with the movie. It's like the, the other movies, they, they had a 10-pound bag and they put five p- pounds of shit in it. And you're like, oh, this isn't too bad. This what this the time tra- they went 15 pounds into the 10-pound bag. What the trailer didn't show you before that scene of Dom catching that rope and like catapulting himself oh to the gosh. next island is uh, Jeeps going through minefields. <laughs> being chased for like 20 minutes the minefield holy like crap. like real rocky real rocky terrain jeeps and cars and stuff through a minefield where of course their cars are all fine but all the bad guys cars are hitting all the mines and shit oh my of gosh. course what a terrible scene for like 20 minutes i forget why they, they went didn't to the island. they didn't have a mine to get something from a car? plane to get something from a plane wreck or something is what they were originally trying to do and then the local militia, like the local like army, um, like caught them being there. You know what I mean? So they started coming after them. So then they took <laughs> off through a minefield for like fifteen minutes. And then they get to that. And then John Cena's character shows up because they wanted whatever they found in this <laughs> down plane. And then Cena's Cena was the one who got picked up by the by the plane. And then Dom caught the fucking rope and catapulted but like this all sounds like it could be cool but it's not it's not i don't know how to explain it other than the fact that the way it was shot and you're watching it it was not fun i wonder watch out any of that i haven't watched any of the uh, cartoon but i wonder if any of this has to do with like shit they do on that cartoon there's a cartoon yeah cartoon for fast and the furious yeah on netflix what i did not know that i'm not watching that no i wouldn't either but i think I'm wondering if, like, there's crazy shit that happens on there that they're like, oh, let's put it in the movie and make it real life so the kids will like it. Like, no, I this can't... is how this is what they did, Dwayne. They came up with what's some wild stunts that we can do. Like, let's throw out some ideas. Magnets. Got it. Space. Yeah. Yes, let's go to space. Uh, airplane picks up a car. Perfect. How do we, <laughs> ma- how do we make this a movie? And then they do it in like two days. They write a movie the most lazy way possible. Connect these, these big ideas that we have. Let's make a movie out of that. It's it's. <laughs> Robbie just looks like a zombie. I... It's so bad. 
it's like, so I, bad. I, I, I'm trying to remember, like, because we're gonna we're gonna discuss this. My top three is gonna be very um, uh, centered around bad movies. So I'll 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 reveal that to you guys at the end of the show. But I'm trying to remember a theater experience where I actually paid to see a film, and I was just this like pissed off. I really can't. I really can't think of a scenario. I was just angry watching this movie, and it's not. They're just pandering to the audience, and I don't really see how anyone could walk away from this film and talk with their friends in the car and say, "Man, that was great. I can't wait for ten. It sucks, man. This movie's is crap. It's really, really awful. Two out of ten is generous. And I'm only giving that because um, I can't believe this franchise has made it this far. That's the only reason I'm not giving it a one. Um, it was awful. It was one of the worst theater experiences I've ever had. And if I didn't have a beer next to me, I would have been even more angry. The movie was terrible. No redeeming qualities. Bottom of the barrel. I, I, I would... I would love to see someone come in and tell me that this movie was good and try to explain to me what they liked about it because it yeah. was just awful. I want someone who's a defender of this franchise to come and try to tell me why I should like this movie. Other than saying it's ooh, it's not supposed to be an Oscar movie. Yeah, just just, just <laughs> let like, your mind go. Outside Dude, of I that. like movies like that, like The Expendables. Yes. I can turn yes. off my brain and I can watch a bunch of action scenes on the screen. And I, I love no Chuck Norris. Yeah, Chuck Norris comes in. Stallone comes in. Schwarzenegger comes in. Has some one-liners. I laugh. It's great. There. This is not one of those films. It's. I, I don't know what this is. I can't even believe they went to space. I can't believe I watched that. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next topic. All right, let's get to something that we actually did like. So let's talk about some Loki um, episodes two and three. What makes you so sure we liked it? Well, we might not have. That's actually a very good point because we haven't discussed this. So uh, we discussed episode one last time. We kind of broke it down, and we're going to kind of do the same thing with episodes two and three. So I, I have my summaries here. Um, and um, we're going to go scene by scene. We're not going to make it too lengthy, but there are some things I want to talk about um, with this show, and so uh, let's start off at the top. So we discussed episode one. If you haven't heard it, please listen to our last podcast. Episode two starts off in a really cool environment. Renfest, 1985. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things to do here in Texas is go to Renfest. Um Variant Loki is causing some havoc, um, and uh, we have a, a, a Renfest festival in the background. And a song that seems to be really popular again for some reason, We Need a Hero, starts to play. Uh, this has been in the new He-Man trailer. Uh, it's been in the new Guardians of the Galaxy video game trailer. And now we have We Need a Hero playing again. Uh, during Look, Disney the bought the scene. rights to the song, so they need to start throwing in a bunch of stuff. <laughs> there you go. Episode two, We Need a Hero, comes it on. Sounds, so, sounds like a good reason to me. <laughs> uh, the variant Loki is going around this kind of tented area. She's mind-controlling people, uh, beating up a bunch of folks. And her ma uh, the main goal of this variant Loki is to steal a time agent's device that's going to give this variant access to the, time travel. Right? 
Well, uh, she wants the bombs too, right? The reset grenades. The reset or bombs, yeah. correct, which, which we will discuss later in the episode. Uh, so, of course, the title credits come up. Uh, Lo- uh, Loki variant has uh, achieved her. Wait, achieved the goal. We didn't know she was the she yet, though, right? Yeah, that's. I haven't said she. You said she. I didn't okay. say she. I said the Loki said variant. She? What are you talking Loki about? Loki variant. Well, we learned yeah, that we're... she's. A, we learned that she's a she at the end of the episode. I know, yeah, but you, you said she. Say, you, you've been saying she. Have I been saying that? Yeah. Okay. I I, I was trying to avoid that. All right. It's a girl. <laughs> Surprise. Um. So at the at the uh, the title gender reveal party. Yeah, the title credits come on the screen. Um, Loki is in a suit and a tie, and he's at a desk. And uh, you know, Miss Minutes is you know saying a bunch of stuff. And Loki's like reading like a jet ski monthly magazine, which I thought was really funny. Uh, That'll come up later in the show. Um, So Loki and Mobius kind of have a discussion about uh, where the variant is. She's in 1985. I'm going to say she from now on. And um, Loki starts to describe to Mobius the difference between an illusion and a projection, which I thought was actually really cool. Um, Because when I hear those two words, I think that they're the same thing. But he actually breaks it down and tells you, no, an illusion is this, but a projection is this. And I thought that was actually really, really interesting. An illusion is something where he portrays a version of himself from across the room, but he's actually on the opposite side of the room. Um, that was his description of an illusion. Um, it sounds uh, like it, a projection to me. But that sounded like a projection to me, exactly. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what he said, what the projection was, but I do know that when he described an illusion, that's what he described it as I thought a projection would be like you can project yourself somewhere but an illusion is I can be anything else like I can be someone else you know what I mean maybe I I can't I can't project like I can't project myself as Dwayne you know I can project myself over here and then someone can like attack me and they'd go right through me you know what I mean like he does all the time but I can be an illusion of Dwayne over here you know what I mean I might have those backwards that that might be correct um, it's sure, just logically, that that's just what, what that I would think the difference sense. between. Yeah. Um, so they go to the crime scene in 1985 um, that happened at the Renfest, and Loki starts to do kind of investigatory work, right? Um, and they start laying down these devices um, <coughs> that are um, basically put in by the TVA to rectify fractured timelines, right? So they go and do their investigation. A variant has created a lot of chaos. They lay down these devices that are supposed to reset the timeline to its proper order. Right? Correct. Um, so I thought that was really cool. They described those devices that, hey, we've come and done our investigation. Now we kind of need to reset things to the way they were. And that's what these devices do. Okay. So they head back to the TVA. And Mobius is talking to his boss, which I believe her name is Ravana Rayslayer, I think is her name. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and they agree in their, you know, she's ta- Mobius is talking to her in her office. Um, and they kind of agree that Loki is really needed for this investigation. And that uh, Mobius has never met the timekeepers. This is revealed in this scene that he has actually never met these three sort of lizard creatures 
that exist that uh, create this sort of one and true timeline. He's never well, met and, them. And it, it's, it seems like she's the only one that consults with the timekeepers. Correct. Right? She's like the in-between between Mobius and the timekeepers, and that Mobius is go just going on, on good faith that timekeepers actually exist in the first place um, because that's what he's been told. Um, very good. So uh, Loki at this point is going through the TVA library um, and stumbles upon um, an, uh, a bunch of articles about the destruction of Asgard, which is actually one of my favorite scenes in this episode. He gets to read um, what actually happened to Asgard um, and that he comes up with in the Ragnarok. idea. And Ragnarok, yeah. He comes up with the idea after reading about all of these crazy apocalyptic events that the variant that they're trying to find is hiding in these endgame sort of apocalyptic events that are happening throughout time. And that that's how this variant is able to escape the TVA is that she is just traveling to all these, these different like crazy world ending, world ending civilization. Basically where you can cause anything you want in the world's still going to end or whatever. Exactly, because whatever so you do in that apocalyptic event... doesn't fracture the timeline. doesn't fracture the timeline because it ends anyway. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, they travel to Pompeii during uh, that active volcano. Dude, I, I, this was a fun scene. Oh, this was great. <laughs> to kind of prove that theory, it's like they traveled to Pompeii where the volcano explodes and destroys that entire civilization to try to prove the theory that this variant is just traveling from apocalypse to apocalypse trying yeah, to he, escape the TV. He gets on the cart and he tells the people like, Oh, I'm from the future. And yeah, he starts awesome. like throwing like heads of lettuce. Mind everywhere. you, they're, yeah. they're wearing like suits, you know, they're wearing clothing that they've never seen before too. Absolutely. Right. So they're probably like, what the hell? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it it was, doesn't it change was... the timeline at all. So then they know that. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what she's doing. Exactly, because you can create you can create this chaos because the end event is total destruction and nothing matters after that point, right? It's it's really smart. Um, mm -hmm. So once this theory is proven and they go to Pompeii and they like, okay, this is what the variant is doing. We have our proof. They go back to the TVA and they discuss how crazy. Um, of a story it is that Mobius has never met the timekeepers. He starts discussing this with Loki and that he just believes that they exist, right? And Loki kind of pushes back and he's like, dude, you've never met these people? How can you just believe and assume that they're actually real? And again, another one of my favorite scenes in the, in the episode is that Mobius George says Michael like, comes in wearing leather pants and a cross earring <laughs> and shakes his butt. He starts playing, you gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. Exactly. Um, and Mobius, dude, he's what what smart writing is this? He's like, he's like, dude, I'm talking to a god of mischief who used to be who who is a frost giant who was raised in like a mythical world of Asgard whose brother can, like, shoot lightning out of his hands and swing around a magic hammer, and you're trying to tell me that I believe in timekeepers and I'm crazy? That is fantastic writing. Because you have literally zero arguments to argue with someone who believes that. 
what did you guys? I mean, I'm, I'm, am I not the only one who liked that scene? That was awesome. Yeah, it was good. It was great. <laughs> You're talking to a god of mischief who's a frost giant who has, uh, uh who lives on a mythical planet, um, whose whose brother is like. Uh, but it's not a mythical a planet. Dude, that's it's fantastic. It's a realm. So, it's not a planet. It's a realm. A realm, sure. That's fine. <laughs> Um, eventually Mobius remembers like a candy that he confiscated that led him to like an Alabama hurricane event or something. This is where I kind of got confused. Is that it was only produced a certain amount of years in a certain amount, like time frame and okay. area of area of the world. So okay. they could narrow it down. All right. What events happened during this time? Yeah, what frame catastrophic events okay. happened then? And that's where they found out there was like a hurricane or some sort of crazy tornado. By the way, you you haven't even talked about the whole uh, what is it, Miss Minute thing? Given Loki all his like history and stuff like that, like she's like well, a little computer thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but Loki when I'm he's when, he's kind of like watching like human resource videos, and he kind of admits that after he's watching all of these videos about the TVA, he says, "Well, these videos are are clearly trying to manipulate me." Like I, I'm the king of manipulation. He's like these videos are brainwashing. Like, well, he asks if she's real, and he tries to like swat her with like the magazine. Correct. And she like yeah. hops around. And he so tells she's Mobius, not just like some bullshit like projection. She's like actually there. Yeah, he tells Mobius numerous times. He's like these HR videos you're trying to get me to watch. These are these are clearly trying to manipulate you guys. Like you have to see that. Well, because he also like true. says you haven't watched the videos, and then he like quotes it right. And he's like, yeah. I did watch the video. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not believing it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that you're very, you're right. I didn't write that down, but that's that's absolutely important. Is that Loki, the the master of manipulation, is watching these videos and saying they're trying to manipulate you, um, which was really cool. Um, so they they travel to 2050, which is this crazy weather event in Alabama. And they track the variant down to an electronic store or some sort of department store called Roxcart. Yeah. Um, which I, I get the feeling it's like a Costco type place. That's the feeling I got. Yeah, there's like a lot of electronics and you know uh, stuff in the background. And one of the one of the memes going around is someone kind of zoomed in on one of the the frames of the show and saw that there was PS4 controllers in the background. And they're saying even in 2050, no one can find a PS5. Like, I, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so uh, they they turn out that the variant, is they, they, they track the variant down in Rock's cart. And, um, you know, her and Loki kind of have a conversation. And she explains that she's setting, she's sending these uh, reset sort of charging devices into various timelines um, to that don't need to be reset. And activating them, so she's trying to create like numerous timelines, right? Did I get that correct? Well, yeah, numerous whatever you want to call them. Resetting, resetting timelines that don't need to be reset um, is what I kind of got from that conversation. She's trying to make a multiverse. Trying to make a multiverse. She wants sure. to create so much chaos that they can't fix the timelines. Correct. Trying to distract them is what I got from that. Because the the timelines they can go off. In a different pass, but as long as the TVA stops them before they get to the red line, it's fine. Yes. So if yes. you create hundreds at the same time, they don't have enough agents to go and stop all of them. So Correct. they'll cross that red line, and then you'll have the multiverse. 
bullshit. Correct. <laughs> so Loki decides at this point that after he hears all of this stuff that, that this uh, variant is trying to do, that he's going to join her in her sort of portal that she opens and abandons Mobius. And Mobius looks we, very... Can we all agree, like, she left that open on purpose, right? On purpose, of course. I, I would think so. Because as soon as he went through, it closed. Yeah. And Mobius, of course, looks very hurt by this because he vouched for this guy, right? And and it looks like Loki has chosen his side, and it's not on Mobius' side. He's chosen the variant side. And that's kind of where the episode ends, is, is after episode two... Loki well, has made his decision. But right before they go through the portal is where we learn it's a she, right? She yeah, takes she, off her hood. Yeah, it's a she. Like, the Loki variant opens up her hood, and it's a woman. One broken horn, one formed horn, kind of wearing, like, a headdress like Loki would wear. And one of the horns is clearly broken. Or like Enchantress would wear. Or like, in, yeah, we're going to discuss that in episode three. Very good. <laughs> so the episode ends. I thought it was awesome. Um fantastic episode leaves you hanging couldn't wait for episode three and um here we go so uh sylvie um which is her name by the way um it starts off with her kind of like mind uh controlling one of the tva agents and um trying to get some information from the one she took captive once she took captive Trying to, she's projecting in this TVA agent's mind that they're friends talking at a restaurant sort of table and trying to kind of get information from her. Um, but what it kind of looks like to me is that she's creating all of these alternate universes to infiltrate the TVA so that they're distracted trying to fix all these crazy alternate timelines that are occurring so she can infiltrate the TVA and go on her real mission. Um, she basically wants to dismantle the place. Um, just create as much chaos as possible. Yeah, but she's... but this uh, this scene also showed that this TVA agent knows or had or has been on Earth, and this is something she created from her mind, right? Like, this is an experience Has had, have her. been on Earth? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So this is her experience. So she's... She, this is a place she likes. That's why she kind of picked it to try to manipulate her. And it's modern, too. It's yeah. modern, correct. It's so, not like from the beginning of times, like cavemen shit. It's like from 2003. <laughs> correct. So, so Sylvie's creating this chaos to try to distract the TVA so she can infiltrate their headquarters and kind of go in unimpeded, right? So she she enters the TVA while everyone's distracted, trying to you know fix all these crazy timelines. Agents are abducted. Everyone's dying. Let me go in and try to do what I need to do. But Loki's right behind her, right? He grabs his daggers from his locker. He has a confrontation with her, um, and you know tries to get to the bottom of this. But in their tussle and in their conversation, um, they end up getting transported to another apocalypse. Right? Well. What I thought was interesting on this scene, too, she, she knew a lot about the TVA. She did. But she did not know that her magic did not work there because she tried to mind meld the dude mm-hmm. when she got there. And he yes. was like, he just turned around and then she started beating him up. Correct. <laughs> so that that's interesting to me that she didn't have that information. Especially when she reveals stuff later in the episode about the TVA. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Like she has knowledge of that, but she doesn't know in their world that she can't use her powers. 
Correct. Um, so they end up traveling to another apocalypse event where there there's these I don't remember the names of the planets, but there's these two planets that are about Purple to collide. Planet. There's a moon. There's a Purple moon crashing into moon. it, right? Sure. So these two planets are about to collide, right? And it's a moon or a planet or whatever, and everyone's planet trying to get to the planet who gives a fuck is going to collide with moon, giant moon. Sure. And everyone's trying to get to escape pods to get out of this place be- before everything implodes on itself, right? So not escape pods. They are uh, ripping one off ship. the movie Noah. 2012, <laughs> where all the rich people get in this like arc ship that sure. are allowed to leave the planet sure. to be safe. Yeah, that's fair. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and there's so, also a fat Russian guy with two bratty twins and. Uh... <laughs> you guys don't seem like your big 2012 fans. That's fine. Maybe someone I've listening. Seen that, will get I've that seen reference. that movie. It's not my favorite. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but it's I've a good seen reference. It. It's a good reference. I, There's I don't also disagree. that. Uh, what was that one on HBO with the wolves? Something. Oh shit! I forget what it was called. It just came out recently. The kind of the same thing. The end of the world, and they were going to Mars, and there was like a ship of all the rich. People talking that about were... raised by wolves. Yeah. No, he's talking about dancing with wolves. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. So, um, in there, when they're on the planet, they they realize what's happening, and they start kind of talking. And Loki realizes very quick that she doesn't like being called a Loki variant. She actually goes by the name Sylvie. Um, and anyone who kind of reads comics knows that Sylvie is the Enchantress, which is what Bernie mentioned earlier. One of um, the Enchantresses. Yeah. Did you, you, Bernie, you do know that the Enchantress is in the Young Avengers, right? I was just going to say this is just more proof that they're <laughs> yeah. fucking doing Young Avengers. Yeah, this, this is your worst nightmare because no matter this how my, far... She's not a teen, though. She's not, I like, understand, but she's team. in the team. Like You know that. I know you I know. know that. Yeah, but I most know. of them haven't been really teens Either. I know. As long as it's not fucking 12-year-olds running around, I'm fine with it. All right, that's this fine. This is just... 100%. You're, this clearly what they're doing yeah. here. I mean, come on. This is this is just writing on the wall. So yes. no, every I, new I, series that I, comes I, out me. is a new young Avenger. When they, so. when they showed her at the end of episode two, and the whole internet's like, oh, Lady Loki. Huh? I'm like, no, Lady Loki has long black hair and looks nothing like that. Yes. That's Enchantress. Yeah. And that also means they're doing fucking Young Avengers. <laughs> Can't wait till they announce that. Oh my god. Uh, so they need they figure out they need to get off this planet, right? They need to go to these pods or these ships or whatever it is. So they catch a train and they're on their way to, you know, escape the planet, right? Can, uh, and, can and we talk real quick though? Sure. What's up? C- CGI in this episode. So bad. Yeah, it, it's it's really the bad. Worst. The worst. I agree. Maybe I, I, I wrote that in Marvel, my notes. I wrote that in my notes. Maybe the worst of any Marvel thing they've done. It's very terrible, and I was really it surprised might be the by worst that because of any it's, Marvel thing they've done. I don't well, know you, why. You why is it see, so uh, bad? Why? You didn't see, uh, what was the one that got canceled that they put in the movie theaters? Uh, New Mutants. In, Inhumans. 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 Oh, that move. Oh, that. That was horrible. That was th- that terrible. was worse. Yeah, for sure. I did, I I haven't watched it. Yeah, humans was 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 insulting bad. That was insulting to me. Not only that, and I don't want to skip too far, but 
the end of the episode when their explosions and shit are going off and they're running, it is so obvious that there are yeah. two actors running in a studio of green screens and yeah. trying to react to shit it's, that's not there. It's very bad. It was so embarrassing to watch. Like they would like they would like fall over, but like there'd be like like nothing happened. Like it was just so fake and horrible. <laughs> I remember I, one time like Loki like cowered to like an explosion, but it was it it was like you could tell like someone was like, all right, cower now and he's like, oh, <laughs> like <laughs> oh my god. It was so bad. I was texting Dwayne throughout it. And I was like, this looks like dog shit. Like I am like stunned right now. <laughs> it was it was very bad. But I, but even the, this yeah. scene when they first get to the planet, you're already like, uh, this, this they're is sitting on the ground and talking, and you see the purple like, yeah. Oh my god! It looked like a '90s like shitty pop video. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very like bad. Britney Spears. Oops, it I takes you out of the story a little Mars bit, though. And stuff. Yeah, it like, does. Especially compared Absolutely. to what we've seen. You know what I mean? I know they've done big CGI set pieces in Loki, and it's been fine. Like when they were just, just for example, I think it was Loki... the purple. I think it was like the purple planet. I think the color of it, maybe, it looked when, bad. When like when like Mobius and Loki are having like coffee or whatever in the cafeteria, and you see all of the futuristic stuff in the background, yes, that looked fine. great. I mean, that was just such a simple scene. You didn't need to make it, it look that good. I think it was the purple. I think it was the purple ground and the purple backdrop. Something about this look, made it look terrible. It looked yeah. like those, you know, those things in the 90, 90s, like the 3D things where you'd have to, like, oh, cross yeah, your the eyes. Oh, yeah, the red and yellow. I mean, red yeah, and blue. You'd have, to, sure. you'd have to, like, cross your eyes and you, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 3D image or whatever. <laughs> That's what it looked like. It looked like, like they were, like, 3D of this, like, shitty background. Oh, my God, was it bad. It was yeah. so bad. It was very bad. I agree. I wrote that in my notes. That it I, I seriously think it's the worst CGI that Marvel has done. I haven't yeah. seen Inhumans, but... Inhumans Ugh. is worse. Inhumans I, I, is worse. I honestly also felt the chemistry between Loki and Enchantress was not on not par good. either. Well, it's That's hard fair. because Owen Wilson and Loki have such great chemistry. Yeah, and him, him missing... I wrote that again. Him not being in this episode bothered me. I I I didn't know there was going to be an entire episode without Owen Wilson's character, and not having him in there, it was really missed. It was a missed opportunity. I didn't know they were going to go an entire episode without him being in the episode. I didn't like that. Uh, now that being said, the concept of what they're trying to accomplish in this episode is smart. There's huge. There's huge stuff that you learn. Yeah, absolutely. Like. You you learn on the plane. They start talking about like uh, their love lives, right? Train, they, train, not a plane. On, on the train, not a plane. Train. <laughs> they talk, talk. They start talking about their love lives, like um, how they've each been heartbroken. Um, you know how Loki has dated both male and female counterparts. Um, you know, and they they just kind of have like a um, a heart to heart talk about you know themselves as people. And I thought that was a really, really cool scene. Well, at this point, they like they still think she's version of him, right? Correct. Yes. She's just another Loki, and you know they're both Lokis. Yeah. Yeah. But or I mean, one eventually, might call a variant. A variant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she doesn't. Yeah. Um, but eventually, they get you know uh, through a series of events, they get kicked off the By train. The way. 
I don't want to keep interrupting here, but will that not be the number one shitty, like most cosplay costume in Comic-Cons <laughs> throughout the country? Just the jacket with the variant jacket. Oh my god. Yeah. With the suit well, underneath. You can buy it at Hot Topic right now. They they number sell one. the actual variant Loki coat for like fifty bucks. <laughs> number one shitty homemade com- <laughs> Comic-Con cosplay outfit. Yeah. Uh, so eventually they get kicked off the train, and and the time travel device they have is broken. And uh oh, well, don't leave out do? that Loki does drunken karaoke. That's he important. does do drunken karaoke. Is that where he smashes the glass on the ground? But I can't, yeah. I can't tell if he's actually drunk or if it's like he's playing a it. trick, like a trick from the the god of mischief. Well, because he says exactly what Thor said in Thor one. He goes, "I'll have another," and he just kind of like throws, he like throws the he drink, smashes the glass. That's exactly yeah. what Thor said in the first Thor movie. I'll have another. I, I whenever I saw it, I thought it was an act. Okay. Could I thought been. he was being mischievous to cause attention to. I don't know. Could have been, yeah. Well, he he craves attention, so I can relate. <laughs> So the they they get thrown off the train. the The time device they have is broken, of course. So now, oh no, they're stuck, right? Uh, so trying to figure out a way off the planet, um, it's revealed in these Wait, conversations. Wait, did anybody else think that was just a, another illusion he was making that it wasn't really broken? But yeah, that's oh, what that, I thought that too. Was, oh, that's that's a good point. I didn't think of that. Yeah, but. But it didn't make sense that they went through all the shit they went through this whole episode if it wasn't broken. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so it in this you know chaos of our oh, device is broken. What are we gonna do? Blah blah blah. It's kind of revealed um, that the TVA employees that we've been seeing at this TVA authority are actually variants who have been taken from various timelines, and they've just become employees. So the TVA is employing variants that they plucked all along these different timelines, and they've just brainwashed them, basically, and made yeah, them... Yeah, mind-wiped them. Mind-wiped them and made them believe that they're employees, which is starting to make a lot of sense because that's why some of the employees like certain things that seem kind of weird. Like, Say, why jet does, skiing? Why does Mobius <laughs> like jet skis? Right? That's that's weird. Like, why, well, that's why that's would a theory after like episode that? one that... Um, me and Dwayne were talking about yeah. the possibility is the TVA agents are just old variants. Sure, and it it's, because, like you said, like there's no reason it's... why Owen Wilson would like jet skis. Yeah, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Or why they have this weird old old tech with new tech stuff. Like, sure, yeah, that, that's how that's what they're comfortable with. So that's what they're using. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So so this is starting to kind of unfold the process that the TVA is evil. Oh, maybe. Holy shit. I don't yeah. know who said that. Yeah, I don't know if they're evil yet. Me! But... <laughs> you um, think they're evil? I don't think they're evil yet. I just think they're misrepresenting who and what they are. I don't think we'll see. Makes them I mean, my, my theory is that, I mean, like we, we discussed this last episode, is that the TVA are the bad guys, right? And that, you know, the variant Loki is the good guy. And realize... you hear my theory? I don't know if I've talked about my theory on the podcast. You can you can go. I only have another my... two sentences, so go ahead if you want to. My theory is yeah. the TVA is inside of the quantum realm, and that's why time doesn't work. Um, 
the same and why powers don't work. In fact, you see a little city yeah. um, in the background of Ant-Man and the Wasp whenever he's in the quantum realm. You do. <clears throat> and I think, obviously, I think Kang the Conqueror is in charge of all this shit, and that's how we're going to get him in the quantum realm in yeah, the next Ant-Man movie. I did notice, uh, I, w- I rewatched episode one, I'm going to rewatch them all, but I did notice, like, you know, they have the three statues. The one one looks like fucking Kang. Yeah, the one it always does. looking it does at look you. Like every, him. Yeah. every time the they throw, you. Yeah, yeah, every time they show them, the one facing you always looks like Kang. Mm-hmm. To me, it does. Yeah, because they always show them. It's like a hundred and eighty degree, like half sphere, and there's one on the left, one on the right, one in the middle, and you only really get a good look at the middle one, and it always looks like nineteen sixties comic book Kang. Yeah, and. You have to remember that Disney is going into these shows with their understanding that that people read comics and that they're fans and they know who Kang the Conqueror is. But there's a big portion of the audience that does not know who that guy is. And like 95% so, would not know who yeah. Kang the Conqueror is. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't go to my wife right now and be like, you know who Kang the Conqueror is? She doesn't know who that guy is. And so them having him kind of blended into the show or being being a big reveal would be very cool to most people and who don't even didn't know who that guy like, is. Didn't he have, like, multiple faces at one time? Well, yeah, because Carla would come to you and be like, yeah, that's Rama Tut, Rami. Like, who, who, the, fuck <laughs> is, uh, who the fuck is Kang the Conqueror? Yeah, so, I mean, having that Rama reveal Tut. and explaining who Kang is and maybe giving a backstory on him would be very cool for the general audience, but for people like us who are diving into Mephisto theories and Lady Loki variant theories and going up and well, looking also, up Enchantress how do you throw, stuff. How do you throw a character you know? like Kang into an Ant-Man movie that's basically a comedy that's two hours long? Yeah. Like, how do you introduce all that shit Right off yeah. the bat, it's not like Yellow Jacket where it's like, oh, he's it's tiny army suit. And you're like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> sure, he's, he's time traveling. He's Ant Man wannabe. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's time traveling guy. Ugh. Uh, yeah, they have to do so. They have to set it up like they did Thanos for ten years. Yeah, if we assume he's the new big bad, he might not be the new big bad. He may be sure. the, the new three movie bad. We don't know. So, uh, you know, Syl- uh, Sylvie and Loki still have to, you know, try to get to the escape pod. And some fighting ensues. And well, so- and th- this is what I liked, Rami, though, was uh, mm-hmm. like they realized he's like, well, what happened here? And she's like, yeah. well, nobody escaped. The ship never made it off the planet. And he's yeah. like, well, we know what we need to do now. We need to get that ship off the planet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that'll create a variant that they'll come and find us. Correct. Right? But what happens? The ship blows up. The ship blows up. <laughs> yeah. And then we're left hanging. So while they're fighting guys who care about the ship because the planet like the moon's literally falling into the planet and these it guys is. are still it, fighting them. Like I'd be yeah. like, fuck it, man, I'm done. Like yeah, nobody's paying me tomorrow. <laughs> like I mean, like I, I can, I can say this now that we've kind of got to the ending of the episode. That out of the three episodes, this one was my least favorite. I think we can all agree yeah, to that. Easily, it was, it was not the best. 
Um, like there was there was story was, points in here that were good, but the overall episode was not good. Yeah, like finding out that the TVA uh, employees are all variants that was cool. We we could have awesome. guessed that, but but other than that, like you're right, the CGI was bad. the The story was was not that interesting. You didn't really learn that much, and um, it just kind of left you with a meh, you know, um, sort of it feeling. felt like filler. It felt like a filler episode. Filler, filler's good. You know, that that's a good description. And when filler your season, episode, when yeah, your season is six sure. episodes, you can't have. But well, I, I think it's a filler. filler in the sense of getting to know the Enchantress, Enchantress character, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. Right. So let me ask you guys this, because I think this has just happened in the last twenty-four hours: is that these super sleuths on Disney Plus? Are for some reason going back and watching WandaVision episodes where apparently Disney Plus has started changing the end credit scenes of a WandaVision episode where there was an after credit scene. It's the, where, the last episode. Yeah, it was the last episode where Wanda's in her cabin and she's doing her Doctor Strange type of meditation. And as the camera is zooming in on that cabin that she's in, you see some sort of character flying in the distance, kind of going towards the cabin that wasn't there previously. So, Bernie, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I don't think it's what. I don't think it's anything. Is. I think it's just. A... I think it's a placeholder thing to clean up something in that last scene. Like the Mandalorian had to go back and take the frame out of that guy in jeans. You know that okay. was in the shot. I understand. Well, before you do that, you have to you have to put like a filler thing in between those two scenes. You know what I mean? As like a stopgate, and then you and then you fix it. I think we're in the phase of where like they changed it, but it's not quite fully cleaned up. So, so give it my, two days, and I think it will be uh, it'll be not the same. It'll thing. be gone. So yeah, or gone. they'll leave it just to fuck with people. One okay, of the two. So so you guys don't think that. As each Loki episode comes out and the timeline is affected, oh, you're thinking that no, they're going no, back to too, these shows and no. changing the scenes to reflect no, the change no, in the timeline. That's too crazy. But what if no. what if that's what they're doing? I mean, that'd no. be cool. What but... if like there's an episode of 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 the Falcon and Winter Soldier where one of the end scenes is changed <clears throat> because Loki's you would have to around tell your the audience. timeline. You would you would have to tell your audience that. But what if they don't and just people discover it? Like, wouldn't well, then that your be audience sick? wouldn't know what the fuck is happening. It I'm would just be saying, sick. It would be amazing. That would be if, the coolest if, fucking thing ever. If Disney Oof. somewhere in their sort of office, uh, you know, uh, uh, meetings said, hey, what if as each episode of Loki comes out, we go back and change these other shows? That would be the coolest just, thing ever. That would be disgustingly I awesome. I don't think they're doing that, though. But you would have to tell your audience that or else – what that if changes you everything. What if you didn't that, tell them and they just figured it out themselves? To. Like this random person who's posting to, this on you TikTok. Have, you have to imagine. Especially something like, like what we're talking anything. about here is so small. I mean, some person with no life found this, obviously, because. But what if they're doing that? <laughs> what if they're as each. I mean, dude, what if that's what they're doing? That would be the craziest coolest thing i could ever think of is that this show is changing the timeline so we're going back to old episodes from six months ago and changing that tv show 
yeah, it would be cool for people that you know, live on the internet that look for this kind of shit. You have they, you're ninety nine percent of your saying. audience. I understand what you're saying. Would not research anything that has to do with the shows. Ninety percent of your audience, probably more than ninety percent of your audience, hasn't read a comic book a day in their life. Sure. So yeah. they all they know is what you're showing them. And without you telling them that you're changing things that they've already seen, you can't move that storyline forward without telling your audience that that's what you did. All right. Or else they'll feel like betrayed. Like, why would you tell us like you changed this? You know what I mean? Okay. It's a great idea. I agree with you. It'd be the coolest thing ever, but it, there's no way they would do that. All right. So no you way think in it's hell just would they do that. You just think that this WandaVision scene that someone discovered is just... I think somebody caught them doing a place been... a placeholder to do an okay. actual edit and cleanup of whatever scene they were trying to do. All right, all right. <clears throat> I am just I was just kind of floating that idea out there. I kind of read that somewhere. Is that, man, what, if they, go back, what if they go back the to Falcon and Winter ever. Soldier and they start changing, like, episode four? <laughs> There's, like, a new ending, and it's because the timeline's been altered. I'm like, oh, man. Come on. That would be insanity. Yeah. They would never do that. They would show you that inside of an episode of Loki. All right. And right. change Captain Winter Soldier. All right. Fair enough. All right. So I guess what I can ask you is that um, it's, it seems like we kind of all three were in agreement that um, episode three was not the best. And, you know, we were kind of a little bit let down. Um, but, I mean, after having that kind of let down episode, are you. You're still excited for episode four, right? Yeah, I still think it's the best of the three series so far. Yeah, it, I still love the show. Just just having one episode of kind of just a filler episode, kind of trying to explain some of the gaps doesn't really affect my overall experience. Um, I still no. think the show is wonderful. But we're not we do agree that heroes. This... We're not we're not throwing in the towel after exactly half exactly. a bad episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I still love the show. I can't wait for episode four. It's coming out in two days, so I'm really excited. Um, but you know, this this episode was not the best. Episode three was not the best. Hmm. All right. Of course, by the time this comes out, episode four will be out anyway. So sure. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna end this podcast. Speaking of not the best. Um, We've been discussing um, a terrible movie earlier, which was Fast 9. So I think I want to ask a top three question, which I don't think we've done yet, which is your top three worst movies you've ever watched of all time, whether or not it was at home or the theater or you walked out or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm really curious to see what are y'all's three films that you consider just pieces of trash. And it's if easy. you want, if you want me to go first, or you want to go first, um, it seems like you already I'll go know first. your answer. So, all Adam Sandler movies after Fifty First Dates. <laughs> oh man, they're all tied for one, two, and three on my list. That's bullshit. So, bullshit, Jill. Real quick, real quick. Didn't Little Nicky come out before Fifty First Dates? Because yes, that it movie, did. that movie sucks. So I don't I don't agree if you say after Fifty First Dates because I'm pretty sure Little Nicky came before that. I know, but I can't say after Little Nicky because Fifty First Dates wasn't bad. And Fifty so First Dates, a, I, I like. have to find that a cutoff was, point. That was a good one. And but that's the last cutoff point. Didn't Click come out after Fifty First Dates? 
Yeah. I'm pretty sure it did. I like I like Click. I thought that movie Click. was good. Yeah. You think uh, Uncut Gems is one of the worst films ever? I, I'm talking comedies. Like, Jack and Jill is the okay. worst fucking movie of all time. If you put Jack and Jill in your top three of worst all time, totally agree. That movie's one. awful. I only watched half of it before I turned it off. That That's my boy. Sucks. That's my boy is also included. I like That's My Boy. Nah, that movie's very bad. Stop it, Dwayne. Grown Ups like, uh, and Grown Ups 2, not funny. Didn't laugh. Th- they are if you're from New England. Nah, I disagree. I don't. I, I disagree. <laughs> the Both shit in those movies that really I've terrible. done as a kid. Okay. So, so uh, your answer, Bernie, is any Adam Sandler movie after 51st Days. That's a and then worse cop-out. I would, no... Jack and Jill, one. Okay. Two. Hey, you're supposed boy. to go three, two, one. All right. Three, Bucky Larson. Oh, man. How to, how to Be a Star or whatever the fuck that movie's oh, called. Oh, my God. I remember that movie. <laughs> Holy crap. That's a great choice. Holy uh, shit. Two, That's My Boy, and one, Jack and Jill. Okay. That's fair. It's still a cop-out. The set fire. Yeah, that's fine. You're the only person in the world that likes Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obviously not. He's still making money. All right, Dwayne, you want to go next? Or you want me to go next? I, I got two. Okay, go ahead. I, I'm trying to think of a third. Bucky Larson. Have you seen Bucky Larson? It's really bad. Which one was That's... that? The guy from uh, uh, Nick Schwartzen stars in it. Where he's like buck teeth and he like wants to make a porno or some fucking it's, it's I don't terrible. remember. It's a oh. it's an awful movie. I don't think I've seen it. It's the worst. What do you mean? You just gave F nine a two out of ten. Yeah, but these, these... movies are worse than that. <laughs> yeah. F nine is not in the top three of me. F nine is Oscar winner performance <laughs> versus these movies. Uh I guess three. I'll go. Uh, Superman. The uh, what is it? The quest. What is the fourth one? Oh, the... the quest for peace. Yeah. That movie sucks. Holy crap! What a great <laughs> choice. That movie's terrible. The is it quest worse than Man for of peace. Steel? Blech. Yeah. Great choice. It is worse than the Man oh, of Steel. Dude, that movie sucks. Way worse. <laughs> great choice. Uh, number two is Punch Drunk Love. With Adam Sandler. <laughs> I okay. fucking hate that movie. I don't even understand that movie. It doesn't make any sense. Is that the one with Selma sense. Hayek? I don't know. I just I remember. I think she's in that movie. I don't even think I finished the movie. Okay. I think Fair he was enough. trying to be a serious actor in that one, and it just didn't. I don't know what the fuck happened. And then my worst movie of all time is Mulholland Drive. Oh, I know man. it's like critically acclaimed bullshit, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't even tell you what that movie's about. <laughs> like, I kept watching and going, something's going to happen. And then I get to the end, I'm like, what What was that about? I don't even know what I just watched. All Hall and Drive, okay. It, I, I didn't like that movie either, uh, but it is very well acclaimed. It's got decent reviews. Um, fair enough. Very good. Um, my three, um, well, we mentioned one of them in the podcast. My number three is too fast, too furious. Um, I hate that movie. 
I think it was because I, I like the first Fast and Furious movie. I'm not a race car guy. I'm not, um, you know, that, that that that's not my genre. But when I saw Fast and Furious back in '01, I thought it was a good movie. I liked the story. I liked the characters. I thought it was decent. And then when Vin Diesel didn't come back for the sequel, I knew it was going to be terrible. I went and saw it anyway, and it was worse than I could ever imagine. That movie sucks. If you haven't seen that film in a while, it was worse to me than Fast 9. I've watched it recently. It's terrible. Uh, Number two is an old comedy movie that many of you may have not seen. It's called Freddy Got Fingered. Have you guys ever seen that film with Tom Green? Mm-hmm. I I have. This this is the Daddy, worst. Daddy, would you like some sausage? Yeah. Daddy, would Daddy, you, would like, you some like some sausages? Daddy, would you like some sausage? It is... I, I saw it in the theater. I paid money to go watch it because I like the Tom Green show. I thought it was a really cool... You know, funny show on MTV. But why would that translate to a movie, though? It was awful, Bernie. You've all seen yeah, it. No, I, I know. It it's in fucking theater. awful. What a piece of crap. I don't know why I didn't walk out. I don't know why. I didn't. It's terrible. That's my own fault. Freddy Got Fingered, number two. And the worst movie I've ever seen in my life, and Dwayne will attest to this because he was in the theater when I watched this movie, was Transformers 2 Revenge of the Fallen. I hate this movie what? more than anything I've ever seen in my life. Um, Why? The scene at the end of the film where Shia LaBeouf dies and he goes to Optimus Prime Heaven, I lost it. Something in my brain clicked and I couldn't take it anymore. And I looked at Dwayne and I, I made this. Transformers 2, Revenge of the Fallen. I looked at Dwayne and I said, this is the worst movie I have ever seen. Can we leave? And he's like, dude, the movie's like five minutes away from being over. I'm like, Dwayne, can we leave? I don't want to watch this anymore. That scene where Shia LaBeouf died and went to Optimus Prime Heaven, I was done. That was the worst movie I'd ever seen in my life. All right. I couldn't I believe what I was watching. I tell you that there's at least three Transformers movies that are way worse than <laughs> oh, that. Oh, <laughs> I've seen The Last Night, and I've seen... Yes, yes The seen, Last Night is way worse than it's, that movie. It's a terrible film. But Revenge of the Fallen Age of Extinction bothered... is way worse than that one. Revenge of the Fallen bothered me so much because Optimus Prime was dead for 45 minutes in the film. And that just, I was like, why is he dead? And then Shia LaBeouf had to die, get some sort of arc uh, of power to come back and bring him back to life. It was the worst. Some For some reason, his parents are in the desert, like hugging his dead body. I just I That's worse it. than Jack and Jill. Yeah, it is for me not. because Shut I like the up. first Transformers movie so much and I'm watching the sequel and it just disappointed no. me on every level. No. When he went to Optimus Prime Heaven, I couldn't take it anymore. Nope, I, I fucking do not believe you. Well, I'm I, telling you, I that's make my worst you film watch ever made. Both of them. No, you're going to watch both those movies <laughs> and you're going to tell me that Transformers 2 is worse than Jack and Jill. Dude. I refuse to watch Transformers 2 again. That movie is three hours long, going to, and it's a waste of my life. This winter, when me and Skay come to Houston, oh we God. are watching Transformers 2 and Jack to G- Jack and Jill, and I will wait until you tap out. And then you're doing Jack an episode about them. 
That's what we're gonna do when you're in Houston, Bernie. While, we while watch it while eating Whataburger. Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> Until you tap out and you admit to me that Jack and Jill is a worse movie, we will watch it. Ugh. And I need you to, and it's not gonna be a thing like, all right, Bernie, you win because I don't want to do this anymore. Oh no, I need sincerity out of you. <laughs> all right, I'm in. I'll do it. I own Revenge of the Fallen on Blu-ray, believe it or not. I don't know There's why. There's no I just way do. that movie is worse than Jack and Jill. It's terrible. Terrible. And as a bonus, I'll make you watch Herbie Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, so uh, there you go. Um, I'm really curious to see Adam's top three worst movies, so I might ask him that if he's on our next podcast. I, I, I don't think I, he has three. I really want to see what he thinks are crappy films because he he kind of likes everything. So I'm really curious. All right, so that brings us to the end of our episode. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Again, please join us at Three Beers and a Mic on Facebook, Three Beers and a Mic on Instagram, Three Beers and a Mic on Twitter. Uh, All can be found on CrossStreamsMedia.com. Get a link there. Absolutely. And. Um, as always, thank you, Bernie. Thank you, Dwayne, for joining us. And see you guys next time. Peace. been a Cross the Streams media podcast.